Hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And guess what? It's totally free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Isn't that awesome? It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Greetings and welcome back to Journey to Your Higher Self. I'm your host, Crystal Melville. And today we'll be continuing our series, which is the Love Series. Today's topic is about the love of a child, a child's love. So previously, we've talked about a father's love. We've talked about a mother's love. Today, we will examine, we will define and explore a child's love. What it is to be a child. What does it mean? What should the life of a child look like? How should children see the world? How should children be treated and addressed? So there's so much we have to talk about. So let's just get right into it. Um, again, this um, the view that I speak from is a biblical worldview. I speak from... Um, in the authority given to me by God, I'm God's servant to the world, one of his servants, rather. Um, I speak from a creationist worldview, meaning we are created beings by God in his image. We didn't just con- we, were, we weren't just conjured up. We were, everything was thought out and purposeful, and we were created in love, folks. So we are God's children. So I'm speaking from my perspective, your perspective, the perspective of a little child. If you know your Bible, some of you do, some of you may not know the scripture, but there's a scripture that reads, unless you come as a child, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So this is why I chose to speak about this particular topic in the love series. I could have spoken about many other things, relationship stuff, and I will get into that at another time. But I wanted to work in a dignified, purposeful, and orderly fashion of things, you know, because we must have a Um, a place where we all come from. That's why I spoke about it first. I spoke about a father and a mother and now a child. So all these things need to be in, in and at work before we can even talk about other relationships. So we have to speak about these individual roles first, and then we will discuss how they all work together. 
and then we will talk about relationship dynamics in another series that I have coming up. But we need to start somewhere. I need to, my purpose is to bring people to a place of understanding, not talking over their heads, not speaking out of context, and surely not um, speaking about things that they that's not important to them. And again, that scripture said that unless you come as a child, we cannot enter God's kingdom. And in our podcast today, we will talk about what it means to be a child. So it has to do more so with our character in relation to this scripture. But I will take you on the journey of being an actual child, a physical child, a person that is um, young, a person that is an offspring of. So a child is an offspring of a person, a family, a member of a family. It's an offspring, an offshoot of a root. Okay, so a child is an offspring of a um, their parents. Um, Biblically speaking, a child is the creation of the divine spirit, spirit of God. So we're also spiritual beings. And this is something that we really need to embrace and understand fully. We're more than just this caucus. We're more than just this shell, this physical frame. Because when we give this up at death, we still live on. That's another topic, but let's be clear that we are spiritual beings. And a child is the creation of the divine spirit. A child is an offspring. So what does it mean to be a child? What does the life of a child look like? Okay, so we know that we are created in God's image and likeness. We know that we are spiritual beings. We know we're an offspring of. So having said that, from a biblical standpoint and a biblical worldview, God created us perfect and in his sight, in in his view, in his vision for us, in his likeness. We're perfect. You know, and that is the outcome he designed for us. And still does, by the way. So um, our mindset should be as such that we are to encourage, we're to have um, and encourage and expect continued change so that we can become better. You know, um, I often say to my own children that, you know, our insecurities help keep us grounded. Um, I don't preach or teach that we should dwell on them, but when they do exist, and because we know that they exist, it allows us to depend on God. So in essence, your insecurities are not a weakness because in our weakness, we are made strong by him because we can go to him as a father. Just as a little child goes to their mother or father for safety and security, understanding and protection, and to supply in physical need. So same way we are to go to God to supply a 
all of our needs as his children. Because we're, we're his offspring. We're spiritual beings. So we are, we are his express image in the world, walking about. Okay, our speech should be to the tune that we are glorious within. The psalmist says in Psalm 45, 13, that we are glorious within. So, folks, if we know these things, okay, now that we're looking back when we were little, right, and all the things that we went through in our lives, our eyes should be popped open like, wow, this is who I was then? I didn't know. And going forward, you could teach your children that they are glorious within, that they are an offspring of you, but they are also an offspring of the one true God. They are his divine creation. They are made perfect. And we're to teach them that change is good. They're to become better. Even though they may do something now that you may not like, that's frowned upon, but it's okay. We have to correct them with love and teach them that they can become better. They, they don't have to be that person. We should not encourage them to stay that person and say, okay, it's okay, you'll get over it. We need to take that moment and make it a teaching moment and let them understand. Let it sink deep. So we shouldn't brush over when our children... Um, do things that's not favorable. You know, we should sit them down and explain to them, you know, this is not good, and tell them why. Okay, and uh, our action should um, help us to know and understand that healing comes from knowing that we are perfect. Healing comes from knowing that we are supposed to be perfect, that God is perfect. So in order to receive healing from whatever it is that's causing us not to be his children or to walk in the light as a child of the light, we, we should know that we are perfect. In other words, when we do things that's not good, that, that threatens our health, our emotions, our finances, our family, we should know that these things are not good and that we should do away with them because it's, they're, they're actually impeding us from being perfect. So it's important to know how to act. It's important to know what to expect. We should expect healing. We should um, proclaim it. We should believe it. In it, we should believe it, because we are perfect. And once that once once that resonates in our spirit, healing can begin, and healing will take place. So, being a child is a ministry. We're supposed to um, teach our children, and we're supposed to help them to know that um, perfection is still here. That they're supposed to be um, pure. They're supposed to desire to be pure. Um, they're supposed to be perfect in their ways. And, you know, funny thing, you know, there's this common um, 
saying that, you know, nobody's perfect. Only God is perfect. Yes, but we are his children. We're his offspring. Come on. So if you want your child to be like you, to be a world-class pianist, to be a baseball pitcher, to be an NBA player, to be smart, right? If we want our own children who are our offspring to be like us, don't you think God wants us to be like him? So to say that nobody's perfect and only God's perfect and we can't do it, that's the biggest lie. That's the biggest um, facade and whatever you want to call it. It's just not true. You know, no. In the Bible, you know, God gave us all the answers in his word. And in his word, if we read his word, it teaches us how to be more like him because we need to realize that along with being a child, there's an abundance of grace. Yes, because God fully knows that in our childhood is where we're going to make all the mistakes because we don't know. That's why we need parents and caregivers and guidance to teach us and help us to be like God. But we must first have parents that are like him, with desire to be like him. You know, and you know, it all works together. That's why this is a series. We started with the father, the mother, and now we're on to the child. So as children, we look to our parents, you know, and sadly when we don't see it there or when they're neglectful and, you know, this is why um, families are broken up and, uh, you know, not together and all over the place. And for myself, personally speaking, I was raised in a foster care system. But I was so blessed to be in one home and with a loving woman. And she had the fear of God. You know, so that really has helped me to be where I am today speaking to you. You know, um, it goes without saying that, you know, I still had to overcome a lot of insecurities. And I did so because I believed God's word. You know, I was in a place where I was lost and I thought I was alone I dealt with tragedy. I lost my mother and brother six months and eight days apart. I was in bad relationships. I was sinking fast. And this pastor of my brother's church said to me, you know, Crystal, you have a decision to make. Your mother's gone. Your brother's gone. Who do you have? It all started with the taste of spicy tempura and the explosive blend of aged cayenne had you craving for more and more. The heat, the spice, and most definitely the flavor of the crispy, juicy, tender, and spicy chicken. McDonald's is bringing the spicy to chicken. Try the spicy deluxe or classic spicy crispy chicken sandwich. Or get the six-piece spicy chicken McNuggets for just $2.50. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-bum. And that was a very good question. And I needed answers. And I, when I, I, for the first time, I picked up my Bible and I said, and I just said this very short prayer. I said, Lord, I don't know. I've read the Bible before. I don't know what anything means, but I pray that you would give me understanding of your word to help me in every area of my life because I don't understand. I don't know. I need to know. I need help. I cried out for help as a child. That's when I became childlike. So as a child, we're to cry out for help as God's children. And we should teach our children it's okay to ask for help. Teach them to ask. 
When you teach your child to ask, they won't want to assume things. They won't want to steal things. They wouldn't want to tell a lie. When you teach them to ask to get clarity and understanding, they wouldn't want to lie. And we shouldn't lie to them. So, you know, folks, what I want you to do on this um, whole teaching is to put yourself in the mind of a child. Okay, and think, and as parents, we're supposed to treat our children the way we would like to be treated. Because we're God's children. We're still somebody's child. You know, we still um, are accountable to someone. And that's what needs to happen. That's the mindset that needs to take place in this world. We're still accountable for the things we do. No one is all-powerful, all-knowing. Only God is. We have to give that answer to our Heavenly Father. You know, so moving on. Yes, so being a child is a ministry. It's a ministry to attain perfection in Christ. As we grow through different stages of childhood, there's different stages of childhood. You know, there's embryonic stage and then you become a fetus and that's before you were born. But there's stages even there. But once you are born, you're an infant then you become a toddler. Then you become a, a school age child, you know, then you become um, a preteen, you know, then you enter puberty and adolescence and then young adulthood. You know, then adulthood, then middle adulthood, then then you're older, senior. So there's so many stages of being God's child. There's so many stages of being a person. But it's important to embrace everyone. And the way we're taught in life, we just breeze through each one. You're in this grade, that grade, the other grade. Um, There's so many scales and tests that measure you. I mean, no one child is the same. You know, we were all created in God's image, but we're so different. We're alike in many ways, but we're also unique in our own way. The way we perceive things, the way we feel, um, the things we like, you know, the way we look. No one person is the same, but yet we're all the same, if that makes sense. You know, so, um, yeah, so being a child is what it should look like, you know, there's a vision um, where it should be perfect. There's a mindset we should expect to change our speech. We should know that we should speak of being being glorious, being, um, you know, knowing that we're wonderfully made, knowing that we are perfect. You know, and of course, you know, when you speak like this or when you teach a child to speak like that, it's sad when you have a parent that doesn't understand that. And a child and God's God speaks into a child the truth and that parent shuts them down. That happens a lot, by the way. Have you ever heard something that your child says something strange or something that you don't believe and you just shut them down? Do you know what you're doing to them? Rather, be a child and be in awe of it. Be like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. Where did you get this from? Be, you know, be right. A child will want to know. Mommy, dad, where does that come from? So when we have that childlike spirit, that humility, we will get to understand our own children. 
you know. And you know, another thing, what I want to go into is that a child's love is unconditional. Even though when parents behave like jerks or we just be, we, we, we speak and act ignorantly or we just um, you know, are prideful and, oh, we're all powerful, we know everything. We, don't, we just don't listen. Our children are little people. We should want to get to know them. We, should, we shouldn't just think that, oh, he, he or she looks like me. They're going to be just like me. They're not like you. They're an offspring of you. Remember we said a child is an offspring. They're not you. Because they came together. You created them with the, the, the DNA of their father or their mother. So how can that be you? They're an offspring of you. Remember this. They're not you. Don't expect them to be you. They may look like you. They may have certain characteristics, but they're not you. So take the time to get to know your child. Ask them questions, you know, um, generate conversation, activities. That's how you grow together to be with God, to be like him. It's a ministry. A family is a ministry. Having a family is a gift. It's a privilege. It doesn't have to be. So when you have a child, you should appreciate that gift and not take it for granted. Okay? And not want to go ahead of God and do it on your own. Okay? And when I, when I, what I mean by that is don't wait on God to bring your family together, to bring your family to you. That means bringing your husband to you, your wife to you. And bringing the child to you at the time, at the right time. Don't go and do your own thing out there. And there's so many available ways for that. God didn't tell you to do that. You told yourself. You put the pressure on your back to do that. You did. And there are so many ramifications that are unspoken about that. You know, there's a lot of things that we, we will have to give account for. You know, we don't realize it now. We're enjoying the moment, the blissful moment now. But we will we will realize that in time to come. We surely will. You know, these are things that, you know, we have to be aware of. You know, God is in control. He should be. We need to we need to give him control over our lives. We need to step back as his children. We need to be children that love God, that respect him, that fear him, that honor him, that put him first. When you do that, you will put your earthly parents first, regardless. You know, and uh, your parents doesn't necessarily have to be your biological parents. Because we do know there are situations where your parents are the ones that reared you or taught you about God or, or, you know, took care of you. That happens. I told you about my story, you know, but I still respected my biological mother, but there was a different kind of love that I had for the one that reared me. It's just, it's just the way it is because we built a relationship together. So moving on, um, how should children see the world? Well, their worldview should be the spiritual man's consciousness and individuality that reflects God. I repeat that. The child's, uh, the worldview 
of your child, who as a child of God should be the, the spiritual man's consciousness. It should be your consciousness and your individualness to reflect God to the world. Our, we should be looking at the world through his eyes. Not with our literal eyes, because if we do it with our literal eyes, we'll see everything that's bad, that's ugly. And not that it isn't, but seeing it the way it is, how will, how will we know how to help? How will we know how to impact the world if we use our physical eyes? We're just going to add to the problem. We're just going to add to the chaos. But when we begin to look at the world through God's eyes... We will see it the way it's supposed to be. He will give us uh, wisdom and knowledge to say and do the right things, to how to pray, you know, what to teach our children to impact the world in their own way, and the ways that we can impact the world in our own individual lives, in our marriage, at work, the things we create, the things we put out in the atmosphere, whether it's music, writings, products that we that we make for con, for consummation different things you know you know being a child of god is a ministry what we teach what we eat what we sell you know it's a bigger picture you know we 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 we've come so far in world in the world that we compartmentalize things and and we have niches and all of that, but it's a bigger picture. It's all under one umbrella. Everything that we believe, our ideas, our concepts, everything that's been created came from a mind. It came from someone. And that per- person needed to be nurtured as a child in order to become that person that delivered that product, that idea, that concept to the world to make it different, to make it better, to help it to grow and change. And sometimes not in a good way, but I think it's sometimes how we treat things. You know, we give it more precedent that, that, it, that it's, that it's, that's needed, uh, or we don't support it enough, or, you know, it's just, or it's our attitude about it. You know, we're prideful, we're greedy. It's so many things, you know, but it's a bigger picture. Yes, yeah, so, um, and children to see the world um, based on the origin of it and to know that in the beginning, their identity is, is God-like and they were made in, in the emanation of life and truth and, and the love of God. So we're supposed to be like him. I mean, is that too much to ask? It's not, you know, and the funny thing, you know, because they're, you know, we're creatures of habit. So when we're used to thinking a certain way and, and everyone wants to fit in and be like the, everyone and be like the masses and do things in their own way, in their own mind, in their own strength and what they think is right to do. So when here you come or I come along and say, you know, perhaps we should really take a good look at life. Where does it come from? How, how did all of this begin? How should we really be thinking? People are going to look at me like, what? Are you crazy? How is that going to help us? 
You know, but, but you know, at this point, I mean, who cares? I don't really care about what people think because as a child of God and growing in him every day, I become more committed. I become more like him and I become more powerful um, by and through his wisdom, through his love and his authority to say these things. And that's what he commanded us to do. So I'm also not here to argue with anyone. Oh, no, no, no. God doesn't argue with anyone. He just does what he has to do. He just does what he does because he is. He is that he is. He is the great I am. You know, when he called Moses um, in, in his later life, Moses was this prince of Egypt, as we all know the story. And could you just imagine when God called Moses to deliver the people, his people, out of um, Pharaoh's house, a house of bondage and hardship and pain and suffering? You think we have issues now? They had issues then and too. And remember, Moses was known in Egypt. So God um, calls him out. And he's older, by the way. He's at least 80 years old. Settled in his life and everything. But he still had that desire. You spend the first hour of your vacation at the luggage carousel thinking there's nowhere to go but up. But there is a place to go but up. Because when you open your suitcase, you find it filled with dolls. Dolls like the ones in that movie that scared you so much you wet your girlfriend's bed. Ah, Marissa, the one that got away. You return the bag to the airport with relief. It lasts until you get back to your room, where a fallen doll waits to greet you. Don't let a suitcase full of dolls ruin your vacation. Go on a real vacation. GoRVing.com. With the cost of living going up across the country, you deserve a solution that offers some change. BJ's Wholesale Club members can save an extra 50 cents per gallon at BJ's Gas when they spend $100 in club or with curbside pickup. Stop what you're doing and head over to your local BJ's to get the savings you deserve. Not a member? Join today at BJ's.com or in the club. In-club purchase and gas purchase must be made on the same day. Learn more at BJ's.com slash gas. ...to know God, the God of his forefathers. And that's what really made God look at him. That no matter what, you still want to know about him. He said, okay. And, you know, God used Moses' um, insecurities because Moses was, um, he stammered and he, um, he was, oh, no, 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 no. You're asking me to go there? These people know me. They, they will want my head. I can't do that. God said, no, I will teach you what you must say. Okay, so Moses had to humble himself. He had to be a child. He had to listen despite how he felt. And he went on in there. He sent his brother. He said, I'm going to send Aaron with you. It will be all right. And I will have your back. I'm, I'm the God. That's, tell them your God of your father is sending you. You know, of course, he wasn't successful on the first try, nor the second, on the third. But when God moved, see, when Moses stepped away, he didn't go and preach and say he's going to do this and he's going to do that. It's He's all powerful. No, he stepped away. He just warned his people. He told them how to prepare for what's coming. And God stepped in and did his thing. 
Okay, those 10 plagues was enough. Especially the last one that took Pharaoh's own son. Oh no, you don't mess with a God like that. And he had no choice but to um, let his people go. And um, don't think he didn't try to make a comeback. He did. And they perished in the waters that God parted for his people. So I think sometimes we forget how powerful our God is, our Father is. And as a child of God, um, we're to remember that and we're to teach our children that, that God is all-powerful no matter how bad any situation is, God is still there. And we're to be patient and trusting and obedient and to wait on him. So, um, you know, as a child, we should see the world through God's eyes, know the origins, where we came from. We know that our role model is Christ. Yes, he is the one. That's why as parents, we know we're not perfect, but Christ is. So when people talk about not being perfect, we know we're not because we're in this flesh. We sin continually. But Christ is, and he taught us how to overcome because he did. So we point people to Christ. But we, our character should be an example. Because people know we're not perfect. People know we have a past. But when people see us striving to be like Christ every day, that's a testimony unto itself. And when we overcome obstacles, we're healed and we we, we keep our marriages together or we, we keep our families together and we, we, we persevere through hardships. That's a testimony unto God, our faith in Him. And that's a lot. So Christ is the role model of the child. But the parent needs to point their children to him and represent him in every way. Children should also know that their custodian, again, their parents, should emulate Christ. We should emulate him to the world. And sometimes we do get out of character, but we should be penitent. And don't be afraid to do it in front of your child. Say, you know, I'm sorry for the way I acted. Mommy did this, daddy did that, but, you know, it's okay. This is how we should be. We need to forever be communicating the right behavior. You know, don't just brush it under the table and, and justify why you behaved. You know, you could walk your child through your story and your emotions, why? But they need to know that if it was not in a good light, that it just wasn't a good light. Tell the truth. Um, how should children be treated? Children, there was a time, there was a story where um, the disciples were, Jesus was with, was with his disciples, and the mothers wanted to bring the children. I think this is in um, Luke. It's in the Gospels. But the children wanted to, um, the parents, the mothers were bringing the children. They wanted to bring their children to Jesus. And the disciples was, you know, telling them, oh, no, don't come around here. Jesus said, no, don't forbid them. Let them come. So Jesus wants us to bring our children to him. Our children should be given priority. They're the ones that are precious in his sight. 
they're the most vulnerable um, and weak and they can be easily manipulated. So they need his protection. They need his blessing. We, we need to bring our children to Christ. I personally, um, on the brink of my, I had a, a real life changing experience back in 2003. I was diagnosed with a neurological disorder and I, wow, I was working a 16 hour shift as a nurse and everything changed in one day. I felt this pressure in my head and lights went out literally. And, you know, there were these barrage of tests done and next thing you know I had to have surgery it was some serious stuff going on and I remember the morning of my surgery when I decided to do it it was 4.30 a.m. and at this time I was already um, I already given my heart to the Lord but I was still working things out I was still a, a, um, a I was still a young convert a young believer actually actually Believer. I don't like that word convert. I'm a believer. That's when my eyes are opened. And um, it wasn't a fancy prayer. It was just a prayer of sincere. I made a plea. And I said, Lord, these are your children, not mine. You know, I gave them back to him. I said, Lord, please. Don't take me away from them yet because they have not passed the worst. They were young at the time. My oldest was like 10 or 11, and I had four. So my youngest was, I think, um, four or five. And I said, Lord, please, don't take me away from them yet. They have not passed the worst. And I got up, and I went on. I put my clothes on, and I went on, got to the hospital, and the rest is history. And I'm here today. It was a difficult um, recovery and rehabilitation for many years, but I'm I'm here, standing, and I'm able to give this testimony. And I just um, want you to know that we have to give our children back to God. They belong to Him. We need to present them to Him. Oftentimes. We don't do that. We forget about that. You know, we forget about that. So we, as uh, the custodians of God's children, must remember that we have a Heavenly Father that gave us these children, and He needs to be the one to um, parent them. You know, we're just a vessel. You know, he, He wants to use us to parent our children the right way. And um, our children should be treated, of course, with love, empathy, understanding. Because we're his children too. We should treat them the way we want to be treated. Parents should have a Christ-like character and spirit. Parents should be... Um, provide their children with apprenticeship in the home by training them up to be champions for Christ. 
You know, if parents were doing their job many, many moons ago, there wouldn't be a need for all of these schoolhouses and all of these um, um, educational, you know, you know, um, governments and, and all of these universities, institutions, rather. That's the word I was looking for there, yeah. So if we were really doing our job, our children would need all these, quote-unquote, higher learning because we would be able to provide that for them. There's no higher learning than through bringing your child to Christ. He can teach your child things that you can never can. How do you think you have, you know, you know what God did? You have people across time. I did this course once at um, this university, and I won't call the call the name. I'm not. This is not an ad, but um, it was a master's course, and in the master's course, it talked about different people you know, who were masters of their life. And they raised from different ages. And one of them was, was Albert Einstein. One of them was Beethoven. You know, Beethoven, if you know his story, he was three years old when his gift was discovered. And there's so many others in music that we know of. And they happened very young. They didn't go to school. They just had this gift, this talent. And, of course, their parent was their real guide. They gave them the encouragement, the resources, um, the resources and, you know, that, that, that work ethic to teach them how to be who they're supposed to be. You have modern-day ones, you know, and you have Albert Einstein. Believe it or not, when I read his story, he had some behavioral stuff going on. And his parents sent him away to a school, though, that would help with that. And when he went there, he began to flourish. And so what it seemed like was his parents, they, they, they just didn't know how to deal with that. Because they were probably trying to teach him things that he wasn't supposed to learn or he didn't need to learn. But once this place really honed in on his learning style and the things he liked to do, that's where we find out what a genius he was, you know. So we need to be so careful with the way we push um, education. You know, our children. One of the modern, one of the theorists said that um, the children were like little adults. I don't know if it was Sigmund Freud. It could have been. Don't quote me. But they said that children were little adults, and I believe that. When, I mean, come on, when you listen to your child, aren't you sometimes really shocked at the things they say? It's like they were here before. And that's because they were. I mean, they are spiritual beings too. They they get life. We They're just little. They're just very tender and, and vulnerable. And they need protection. And that's all we're supposed to do. So, you know, we have to know how our children should be treated and addressed. Address them as they are. They are an express image of God, just as we are. And if we go by that verse in Psalm, Psalm 45, 13, it says, We are all glorious within. If we only believe that, 
you know, and think like that and act like that and speak like that, do you know what a difference that would make in a child's life? To strengthen that love of a child, that bond that you have with your children, that you have with God? Because listen, once you believe what God says, it's done, it's over, it's a wrap. Okay, once we believe, we now become in alignment with him, how he thinks, the things he does. It's over. The days of struggling and lack and poverty, it's done. Because he cares about us. He wants us to be prosperous and in good health. Okay, even as our soul prospers. Because he gave each man the ability to get wealth. And I'm not here to, to preach no prosperity preach, um, sermon. I'm here to tell you that no matter how much money you have or how much money you will ever make in your life, as long as that takes care of your needs, you know, you are not in a position to beg or plead or anything, you're good. You know, later on in the series, we'll talk about um, being a servant. You know, having a master. Do you know that some people who are servants, they're very happy? Yeah, because they know that that's their role. They have everything to eat. They have a roof over their heads. They don't have a care in the world. They don't worry. So it's so important to be grateful and understanding of your role. You know, and that's why um, Christ said, as, as, uh, um, unless you come as a child, you cannot enter his kingdom. Because oftentimes we forget about that. And we desire so many things that's not of God. We want all this fancy stuff, these fancy cars, these big houses and stuff. And listen, let me tell you something. When we do what we're called to do in that capacity that only we can do, there's no, there's no, listen, there's no limit to how God, how God will bless you. So if you're supposed to have all those things, I mean, Solomon had wealth galore, okay? And all he asked for was for wisdom, to have an understanding heart. So if God, if it's in your um, will, if it's in your will now, what you want to do, okay? And you trust God to do what he does. Listen, you can have anything, anything. You can have what you say, okay? So it's according to that person what they, what they have, what they do, because we were given that free will. So there's a person that will not ask for riches. There was a person that will not want to do all of that. They're just content with having little, just having enough, and they have the little house or whatever it is. And to them, that's wealth. Okay? And there's someone who just, like Solomon, who just wanted to have an understanding heart. But you have to understand, Solomon was already um, a chosen one. So... And God really favored him, and he um, he knew it. And, of course, he didn't turn down the gifts. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, let's be real here. He didn't turn down the gifts. So, you know, there are some people who don't know who they are, 
And when the gifts come in, they oh, no, it's okay. I don't want it. Okay. <laughs> then you won't get it. Does that make sense? So, you know, you really have to know how you should be treated and how you should be addressed. It's an individual thing, you know. So um, those were some, a few wisdom keys there. So those of you who are listening who get it, you'll get it. Um, but, yeah, you know, being a child, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege to be a child because you don't really, you didn't have to do any work to get here. Um, you just know you're here. And that's enough is a miracle. It's a blessing indeed. And you have parents, um, but those of you who have, who have have or had parents that raised you and with love and um, giving you what things that you need, maybe not what you want all the time, but you, you're able to come away from it feeling um, love in return and appreciation and gratitude and, you know, contentment, then um, that's it, you know. It's about being content. It's about being humble and meek. And um, being an offspring of a of God, that's a wonderful thing. Being an offspring of a person is a wonderful thing. Regardless of what your humble beginnings were, you are here. If you're at the sound of my voice, if you can, you know, realize how special you are because you're here right now, that's a miracle in itself. You know, and this is a new day, a new day to be a child of God, a new day to appreciate being a child of God. And the only thing that should be that should be rolling off our lips is praises and thanksgiving. You know, you ever heard that saying, when praises go up, blessings come down? Well, they do. Try it. You know, so we went over um, what what is a child, what it means to be a child, uh, what should the life of a child look like. We talked about the vision, the mindset, the speech, the action, the growth and development. We talked about the childhood being a ministry itself. We talked about how children should see the world. We talked about how they should be treated, how they should be addressed. And ultimately, I want you to know that Children of God inherit the earth to prepare them to inherit the universe from God. You know, as it was in the beginning, is now and forever will be. World without end. This world, um, there are worlds upon worlds. Um, There's a new world. There is a new earth, a new heaven. Everything will be made new for God's children those that believe, those that understand, those that desire it, those that desire to be with God, um, just have patience. Nothing will happen before it's the correct time. So many people are anxious. They want to go to Mars. They want to check out. That's not Christ-like behavior. You know, one of the fruit of God's Spirit is long-suffering, is patience. Okay, and love bears all things. Let's remember this. Love bears all things. And this is these are the things we're to impart to our children. We have to teach them temperance by us acting it out and showing it to them. Teach them how to love. 
what love is. Give them your time, your ears, your tender touch, you know, um, your wisdom. Teach them along the way. Teach them in the car, going to work. I remember <laughs> when I used to take my children to school, I would... You know, we would have certain um, sermons on the radio. Whenever there was a particular sermon, oh boy, you would know we were late. Because <laughs> I was a nurse and sometimes I got off late. And, you know, God was really with us during those days. Because there's so many times I could have fell asleep behind the wheel. I could have been out of here. You know, God is so good. He's so merciful and kind and loving. And he was watching over his children. He always does. And um, I was blessed to have children that showed me love in return. They understood what I was doing. They did things to help me. They were active in the home. They still are. They take part, you know, and I love and appreciate them so much. And I know they'll be listening to this podcast, and I want to let them know how much I love them. And as I watch them grow and blossom, they just... Um, make me feel that it was all worth the while. Yes, it was. All the pain, all the, the suffering, the confusion, the dysfunction, every, all the ups and downs, it was so worth it. And I'm glad I stuck it out. I'm glad I didn't give up. And I didn't want to be a repeat offender. I didn't want to repeat the cycle. I didn't want to abandon my children the way I was. I wanted to show them the love of God, and I thank God for my foster mom because she she showed me that tactile love, and God showed me through different people that I met along the way, and I taught them along the way. I told them about my life, all the good, the bad, and the ugly. They accept me, and they understand life, and that is the way to do it. Um, I know oftentimes we want to protect our children from the bad things that happen, but we have to find a way to let them know that God love, God's love bears all things. No matter what happened, no matter if the story was sad or not, if they need to know, they just need to know. Some things they may not need to know. It's not for them. But if they need to know to understand why their life is the way it is, then you need to tell them. And just, um, but, you know, God will instruct you how to do it. He will instruct you how to be like them, be that child for the moment, and go there and be strong in love. Because a child's love is strong. It never ends. It's unconditional. It forgives easily. It does. So um, I also want to extend my services as a parent coach. I do coach parents all the time. I was I was also blessed to homeschool my own children for at least 10 years. Um, I used that time when my life went through that transition period, that healing period, to homeschool them. And it was the most beautiful experience. And so um, I got certified as a life coach as well. Um, as well as um, being a pastoral counselor. And, um, you know, I've been able to, I took care of children with disabilities. Um, I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot. I've, you know, I've cared for people who, you know, who were transitioning. 
to another dimension. They let go of this life into another one. People who were um, addicted to different things. So I have a, you know extensive personal accounts. You know, along the way, like Jesus did, he walked along the way. And um, I was so blessed for him to use me in that capacity. And I want to continue to do that for as long as I have breath. So I'm extending my services to you. If you and anyone that you know is in need of coaching or counseling, you may um, log on to my website, www.crystalemelville.com. You can... um, Put in your name and email there on the contact me page. You can also subscribe to the site. I do have also other um, posts, you know, that are very valuable, I think, to life, to different topics that concern us. The podcast is also there. You could have a listen right there. You could follow the podcast on iTunes. And um, there will be links with this podcast as well. And um, I'm also an author. I wrote a few books. I'm also writing um, a huge digital um, project right now. And I'm also a screenwriter. Um, I have several works coming up that I'm very proud of. I'm very proud of. So I'm just doing everything in stride. And um, with God's grace and his approval, yes, I do have his stamp on it. So I just wanted to share that with you, that I'm here for you. You can also find me on social media as Higher Self Coach. So it's at Higher Self Coach on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I do. I have tons of posts there and different, you know, encouraging words there to help you daily. I'm just here for you. This podcast is a blessing because I get to share God's love with the world on various topics. So um, today was our um, podcast on a child's love. Um, And um, this is the third one of our series. You can go back and pick up the other two. Um, broadcast on a father's love and a mother's love. Today was on a child's love, and the next one will be a servant's love. So until next time, I bid you Godspeed, and I want you to continue to walk in love. This is your host, Crystal Melville, and thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast of Journey to Your Higher Self, A Child's Love. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye now.